Welcome to the Productivity Show by Asian Efficiency, helping you do more and be better. And now here's your host, Zachary Sexton. A quick intro before this show begins. This was an off-the-cuff episode. As such, sometimes the audio quality is not as amazing as we'd like it to be. I was using a microphone and Kendra and I were passing it back and forth and a couple phone calls will be heard in the background. So my apologies with that. Still, stay tuned if you are a person who's struggled with annual goals or New Year's resolutions. This will be a great episode for you. We talk about how we are both excited about planning in 90-day or 12-week periods so we execute on more of our goals versus just dreaming about when we're going to actually get started on them. You also want to stay tuned to the end. There is a special announcement of a bonus that you can get on the show notes link. So stay tuned to the end for that or go to theproductivityshow.com forward slash 97 and find out what that bonus is without even listening. I won't stop you. Thanks again for tuning in and enjoy this conversation with Kendra Wright and myself about planning in 90 day periods. So, I was just hanging out with my good pal, Kendra. Hey, Kendra, how's it going? I am fantastic. How are you, Zach? Well, doing well, doing well. And guess what? We were, we were geeking out talking productivity, weren't we? We were, we were riffing for fun on getting productive. Yep. And the thing we were talking about was something that we're both kind of jazzed about right now. So we thought we'd just flick on the Audio Technica little microphone with a silly foam thing on top and and record some of the conversation because it's something that we're both trying to get a better handle on. I, I think when you start being productive or learning about productivity, you you get the basics. You maybe you get a to do list manager and you um you you become a rock star in the calendar and we'll have to put in the show notes your rock star calendar planning so you go from day to day and then maybe from week to week but we notice that there seems to be a sweet spot in a longer time frame not too long not annual a lot of things can change in a year not only who you are but technology and the market and there's just a year is a long way away and, and planning for that amount of time is often frustrating and Many people might have felt that frustration come New Year's time or come their birthday or whenever that that time frame happens to be. We're also at like a really magical point in the year that we're like literally today is June 2nd. So do you realize that we're literally halfway through the year? And so we're at that point where you either realize like you've been like totally using the hustle muscle and like getting things done or you've been totally sitting on your rump and you're like halfway through the year. So it's like, well... How are those goals going that you set, you know, January 1st or December 31st? So I think like there's this, I really have this like interesting appreciation for halfway through the year because if the second half is anything like the first half, how will you round out the year? That's really interesting. We were talking a little bit earlier about why the year timeframe's not so great because... Why don't you explain it a little bit more? Yeah. So the thing about a year timeline is that um, it doesn't really, it doesn't shift you into action. So we were talking about a timeline that seems to be more effective and productive for us is a 90 day or like 12 week cycle and planning in that 
length of time basically is short enough that you have to, you know, get off your ass and get started because you don't have enough time to mull it over. But it's also long enough that you can create something cool. It gives you options. You know, 90 days is long enough to do something really interesting and effective and, you know, somewhat of a big project, but still tight enough that you can't um, romanticize about when you're going to get started. Like you're either getting started or you're just not getting it done. And so uh, what we were kind of talking about and what we've just both apparently at the same time kind of really revisiting is this idea of, you know, I love this idea of what do you want to get done in the year? And, you know, those kind of things, that's great. But, you know, you take that and you think of, okay, you know, even the next six months, well, what do I want the the next six months? What do I want to get done? Okay. It's, you know, X, Y, Z. Well, that's great. What am I going to get done in the next 90 days? And then at that end of that 90 days, you can kind of revisit that list, but you're always just saying like, what's the next thing uh, in that 90 days that you're going to get started on right now. And so just really, you can plan a whole year come January 1st. That's, you can be like, I want to get these things done and just and write this laundry list of things. But then it's like, what's the next 90 days actually look like? Um, and so I like this idea of keeping this just long, like delicious, yummy list of fun goals. Mm-hmm. Um, but then coming back to it every 90 days and saying, all right, here's all these different ideas I have. What can I totally kick ass on in the next 90 days? What am I most excited about? Or what's most important right now? You know, maybe right now it's I need to make money or I need to make revenue or I need to grow subscribers. Or, you know, maybe it's like I need to restore my relationship to creativity. You know, you can be in totally different places at the beginning of 90 days uh, and at the end of 90 days. So depending on where you're at in your life and what cycle you're going through and what's changed, um, revenue may be important or, you know, um, creativity or relaxation or simplification, you know, just what are the main things I need right now to grow and evolve and improve and be happy in the next 90 days? Awesome. We, you just went through this. So can you tell a little bit about your experience? I know you have some big events coming up. Feel free to plug them. Uh, and, and that you got to take a lot of different things into account. And I think it was two weeks ago you made this, uh, made this plan. So what did that look like for you? Yeah, so it's been really interesting um, because this year has been, I really compare it to strapping myself on backwards on a rocket ship. And so the first part of the year, I had a, a really awesome large speaking engagement that kind of catapulted my personal brand into the limelight. And the first 90 days were pretty focused around that um, and just kind of hanging on tight. And then the next, you know, 90 day cycle became I launched a course and I was super head down in that. And, um, it went really well and it was, but it was like a grind zone of just, you know, really focusing on that. And then now, um, that I've been able to come up from air, it's like, okay, what am I doing in the next 90 days? You know? And so just planning out, you know, what does that look like? Um, now that I'm in this phase with the course, you know, what are my goals? Um, and just in seeing what that's going to be in the next 90 days, it helped me also evaluate what other things are going on. So I have a, you know, large speaking engagement in um, August at World Domination Summit. And I'm going to be doing some really cool things with that speech that are going to also involve creating other media and components that'll go with it. So because I'm planning in a 90-day cycle, I can see how that will affect my other goals. So some of the um, launches I'm doing in my personal brand with my course, I know that I have to get that done by a certain point in the next 90 days so that I can create these really cool things I'm, I'm making for the speech I'm doing in 
August. But because I know I'm just I'm just planning that next 90 day cycle, I can look at, okay, what are my obligations in my business? What are my obligations in my personal life? What are like just, you know, fun goals I have just on the side that I want to work on and really looking at how those come together and how they affect each other and what areas I may pull back in. So like I pulled back in uh, my, my business um, a little bit. I have two businesses that I run, a strategy business and um, a business where I write and sell courses. And I pulled back in my main strategy business a little bit so that I could lean into the other. So just really being aware of that, like how do they all come together um, to form, you know, how you're going to slice and dice your creativity and your energy in the next 90 day cycle. Cool. One of the things that I, that I got me thinking there is um, the difference between goals and planning and outlining and figuring out an implementation plan. What actually, even before this 90 day or 12 week kick that we, we were getting on, we were talking about a goal setting exercise that I'd recently tried out. It was a Tony Robbins goal setting exercise where he has you figure out three annual goals in three different areas of your life. And it's a it's a whole cool, fun process. I made a little YouTube video on it, so I'll put it in the show notes if people are curious about doing that. It's, it's worthwhile. It's fun. I do goal setting exercises probably more than most people. <laughs> for, fun. for fun. Yeah, for fun. Uh, this one actually is fun. There, there's, there's some that are just kind of like you got to just do the thing. But this one was relatively enjoyable. It took me about 25 minutes to do and, and came up with some interesting insights during it. So there's that big list that you can pull from and even a prioritized list of annual goals that you may want to have. But the implementation is a totally different matter. Uh, and deciding and pulling those uh, those annual goals and saying, okay, this 12-week stretch I want to knock these annual goals completely out or be this far in that annual goal. How does, how does that process look for you? So how do I take like a, say a bigger goal that maybe I couldn't knock out in 12 weeks and, and slice it down to, to make traction? Or could you explain a little bit more what you mean there? Or did you even have, a, I mean, you, you didn't even know maybe annual goals are kind of a thing of the fast because you didn't even know about this speaking engagement that you had in August come January 1st. So if you had annual goals and you'd spent hours planning everything out and trying to make everything perfect, you might not have even known about that. You know, I think what I'm really like digging about this whole idea of cycling, you know, goals in, in 90 day periods and really focusing on that is I think goals are great but action and execution are what count. And, you know, when you, when you set these big one year goals, like it's just, there's no, like, there's no boot in your ass to get started. And so that's why I like this idea of 90 days because so much changes. We live in a pace where, you know, opportunities, technologies, we're able to connect with new people. We have new, you know, new things coming in, new ideas, um, constantly at a, a really accelerated pace. So, you know, even 90 days ago, I wouldn't have even known where I was at in some of these goals. Like these are opportunities I didn't have 90 days ago. And so it also, I think for me, I'm seeing decreases my stress amount because I don't have to figure out the whole year, right? I can really just honor where I'm at and think about like, okay, well, I wouldn't have thought that I would have scoped back my my digital marketing agency at the beginning of this year. I would have thought that's crazy. 
But then now I have these other opportunities that are coming in and I can honor that. And so I think it really lets you assess where you're at more frequently. And I think people sleep through a lot of the year. And so that's a cool way of just kind of keeping uh, your finger on the pulse of what's happening in your life, what your values are, what what's important to you right now, what you feel that you need right now. And I think that, you know, a lot of time management and productivity management doesn't honor energy. And there are just times when you just need some downtime too. And so sometimes that goal is like, I just want to freaking create. I just want to do something with flow, something where I don't have to think, you know? So if you come off of like a big, you know, launch or revenue cycle or big project at work, you might feel like, hey, I'm at this. I, the funny thing is, I don't know if you know this, but like one of the weird things for me at the beginning of this year, it's the first time this has ever happened. I didn't set any goals. I came into this year with like nothing. And it wasn't because I didn't have ideas. I was just freaking exhausted, you know, and I had a few big projects and like the the last quarter of the year um, just had a lot going on mentally. And I was just not excited to set any goals. And I was like, all right, well, I'm just not going to set any goals. And then three months in, I was like, I'm feeling jazzed. All right, I'm ready to set some goals. And really, I think what was happening is I just needed that, that like rest and recovery zone. And so uh, sometimes just evaluating in 90 day cycles, like you don't feel guilty if you're not amped to execute. It's okay. Just honor that and give yourself some downtime. And I think doing that 90 day cycles lets you really see that, you know? That's a good point you bring up with with energy, and it also makes me think about breaks as well. And let's say you were just grinding, flexing your hustle muscles, you'd say, for the last two, three months on creating your course and launching that and, and building a community around facing your fear. Um, but then you need a break. You chilled out. You took a week off. You did not put pants on very often. And I think that's something too. It, it, when you're thinking that you've got to work for a full year and you just got to grind and you got to go, you're never honestly going to give yourself a complete um, engagement and complete energy because it, it's never ending. There's no end in sight. It's like you're running a marathon. You got to pace yourself or you're not going to finish that marathon. Rather, if you're running a sprint, that 90 day sprint, you got to just go full on. And then you know there's a finish line at the end. You could see the finish line. It's it's very tangible. It's very clear. And and you you've got to give yourself those breaks. Is there anything else that you think in between in those ninety day cycles with yeah. breaks? I mean, I think one thing that I have learned through my own relationship with productivity, time management, work, and balancing all these priorities uh, is that we don't have to earn rest like with our performance or you know achievement like we are hardwired to take breaks and the problem i think is is we think that we need to be in constant sprint and we feel guilty at least i did when i was resting and that took you know processing the fact that like i i you know and we've talked about this and how i manage time is i schedule downtime i schedule leisure time fun um and 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 when I'm not, you know, I mean, my weeks are pretty fast paced. Uh, there's a lot going on, but I schedule downtime. And that was when I started doing that, that helped me release some of the guilt I had around slowing down. 
And I think it was a process for me because I used to just be sprint, 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 sprint. And really what it looked like was I was resting. But what it actually looked like was sprint, 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 burn the heck out and just crash and burn and then like slowly piece it back together and then start sprinting again is what most people do. But how would life look different if you, you know, sprint and then consciously say, all right, I'm going to breathe for a moment. Let me pull myself back together. All right, sprint. Okay. I'm going to breathe for a moment. Let me pull myself back together. Sprint. And versus like, you're going to take that sprint, you know, I mean, you're going to take that recovery time, whether you do it on your terms or not, you know, so you can crash and burn and just kind of flail, or you can decide to land the plane. You know, the plane's going to come down at some point. It's just going to be, are you going to be controlling it? Or are you going to be like a scary passenger in the back who's like on the ride of their life? <laughs> I really like that line you said is you don't have to earn your breaks. I was actually on a, a rituals coaching call for an Asian efficiency customer who got the course and got a, a bonus coaching. And that was the one thing I was, I, I was trying to help her with is she felt like she wasn't getting what she wanted done with her days. So she didn't deserve to have any fun. And there's this great book, I'll put it in the show notes called the um, the Now Habit by Neil Farrar. And he talks about scheduling fun first, just like you, as a method to break procrastination. Because when you have something to look forward to, then life doesn't feel so like such a, you know, just like I've always got to be working. I've always got to be on. I got always, my to do list is never ending. That might be another thing too, is limit your to do list to two or three things that are actually a priority for the day and then feel not guilty about taking that break. Um, but I, I gotta say, I felt it the other day, uh, yesterday we're playing some volleyball. I've got Wednesday, uh, sand volleyball and I knew it was coming and it was at seven 30 and I was feeling a little lazy. It was four o'clock, but it's like, I'm going volleyball. Got to get it done versus I might've just messed around and not, not done it. And maybe done it later at eight o'clock when I was a little tired. Uh, but that scheduled fun made me like, Oh, I gotta, I got this to do. So now I, I gotta get my work done. Totally. And I think one of the big things too, is that, you know, when you consciously plan experiences and fun and downtime, instead of letting your personal life have the scraps of what's left over after everybody else takes charge of your calendar with their priorities, I think it just makes you a better human. You know, it's funny because uh, typically for me, Wednesday night is literally on my calendar is like chill zone most of the time. Um, because Wednesday during the day, I uh, write a ton and I'm like creatively just super deep all day. And it's really fun. It's like one of my favorite parts of the week. And I am introverted by nature. And so in the evenings, I, on Wednesday evenings, it's just like this big day of fun for me. Cause I'm like, I'm going to write and create all day. And then Wednesday night, I'm going to do whatever I want. And it's, and it's right in the middle of the week. And if someone's like, Hey, uh, you want to hang out Wednesday night? I'm just like, no, I'm sorry. I'm booked. Like, I don't even tell them what it is. I'm just booked. And I think that people sometimes feel they need to explain it or whatever. And you don't, you can, you can schedule fun and you're and it can just be like, I'm going to not wear pants and Netflix. Because I think what a big misconception that people have about, you know, productivity is or, you know, uh, type A or whatever is that we don't have those downtimes and we do like, but 
I schedule them and I know they're coming. And then that's how I can also, like you mentioned with sand volleyball, push through when I'm low on, you know, I'm like, I, I've, I've just got to go a little bit further and, and it'll give you that energy knowing that you have that downtime. But a lot of people can't push through because they don't have that downtime scheduled. They don't see when it's coming. So they can't push through that last mile knowing that they have rest and relaxation coming. They don't see it coming. And when it's there, it's maybe mediocre. Or, or they're feeling guilty about it. Like, oh, I just oh, yeah. I just didn't get enough done. And that's just not freaking resting. Like your brain, like if you're just guilting your way through an entire evening, like you're not resting. And so even if it's like, if you tend to be a workaholic uh, and I'm a recovering workaholic, uh, so I know this very well. Um, if you can schedule, just like start small, like schedule one evening per week. That's just chill zone. And you get to do whatever you want. Guilt free. You can hustle all week long, but just start with like one evening. And it's like, if you want to Netflix it, you get to do whatever you want. If you want to crochet, if you want to just like lay in the floor and make floor angels, you can do anything you want. It doesn't matter. It, it's, it's a guilt free time, you know? And so I would say like if if you're wanting to add some fun and adventure or just some downtime, like that's a way how we talked about a 90 day sprint and recovery. Also, like where's your recovery in your week on a smaller scale? So 90 days, uh, you know, you have your I just did a 90 day sprint. So I, like as Zach said, I took like a whole week off and like was just a completely useless human in the best way. Watched so much YouTube. Uh, it was so fantastic. Um, but also think about how can you integrate rest and recovery into your week so that you can make it through a 90 day sprint. So maybe it's like one evening a week, you just have chill zone and whatever you want to do. Even the, now you're getting me thinking even on the, the micro level, the day level, you yes. got techniques like the Pomodoro, which is set a 25 minute timer and then take a five minute break, or maybe set a 50 minute timer and take a five minute break. Are there any other techniques you think about for the day that you can integrate? Totally. So one that's been working really well for me is actually not a time limit, but a task. So um, I notice that when I am, uh, life is very busy or just I'm feeling a little bit over indexed. For me, if I can start the day with 10 to 15 minutes of reading. So usually, you know, I get up in the morning uh, around 6 to 6.30. Lately, I've been sleeping a little bit later later because uh, my schedule has been changing a little bit. Um, but if, you know, typically I start work at like around 9 a.m. And if I even just can just spend like 10 or 15 minutes before I start work reading and then at the end of the day, 10 or 15 minutes reading, my stress levels are like drastically decreased. And I think for me... What I'm discovering is it's, I typically only used to read when I had a lot of abundance of time, which didn't happen very often. So it signals to my brain that I have time because I'm just creating space for that tiny task. So I'm doing it with a task and not a time limit. I mean, typically I read for about 10 or 15 minutes, but um, just sliding. So maybe for some people it's like, you know, I just... Uh, I take a quick walk in the morning or, you know, there's a, what are, you know, some other tasks you do. I feel like you have a lot of really great self-care practices that you are always trying new things. And I think that you create space in your life for, you know, meditation and walking um, and fitness and health. You know, I feel like there's so many that you could just whatever resonates with you. You know, because it doesn't always have to be time. It's sometimes it's just a task. What's something that if you had time, you would do, you know? 
That's a really good one. I just got done reading, or actually rereading, The Willpower Instinct by Kelly McGonigal, and we had a dojo book club about it. And it, in one of the sections in the book, it reminded me about how there's some things that are actually more restful and, and a little bit better for recovery than others. And it, it made me think of how I can implement those more in my life. And the ones that are restful tend to be the ones, examples that you gave is uh, being out in nature, going on a walk, exercising, meditation, spiritual practices, those things will give you a longer lasting recovery. They, uh, they, they work in a different part of your brain that releases uh, serotonin and, and GABA, these neurotransmitters that are a little bit more associated with lasting happiness. The things that are breaks that aren't as satisfying, uh, but they may seem to be, tend to stimulate our dopamine receptors. So those are quick wins like Maybe another YouTube video, which not not there's to a, knock them. There's a time and place for the YouTube videos. Yeah. There is, but and I know the YouTube videos you're watching. They they were they were very good. They're very uh, inspirational. inspirational. Um, uh, candy can be it for some people. Um, what, shopping is it for another people? And what the dopamine system's for? It's not bad. It's it's good. If we didn't have dopamine, we wouldn't have any desire or drive for anything. So there's studies with people who have low dopamine, and also people who suffer from Alzheimer's tend to have low dopamine, and they lose a lot of their excitement about life because they can't anticipate any any pleasure but the dopamine receptors are all about anticipation of pleasure so for anybody who's ever had uh uh, gone to vegas and maybe spent a little bit too much money it was that anticipation that was making them want to keep on pulling that roulette wheel um or you don't pull roulette wheels i think they'd kick you out of there if you did but Obviously, I've not spent enough time in Vegas. <laughs> um, Shows in form of dopamine. Yeah. So um, I, I would lean towards those, but I do know sometimes when you're, you're in a funk um, that those are really difficult to do. Um, so maybe reminding yourself, putting some things in the environment to say, working out is good. You like it. <laughs> another really good one is um, two things I would say on that um, is one make the list before you're tired. So a lot of times when we get into that situation where we don't have any brain power left, that's not where creativity flows. That's not like know that you're not going to be the best version of human in that moment. So create a like break glass in case of emergency. Me and one of my best friends, Sophia, have this game that we call getting a bingo. Have you heard us talk about this? No, I haven't. Okay, so there's this theory of... There's certain like habits and things that you do that keep your life on track and keep you sane, right? And imagine your life and those and those good habits are like a bingo card. And in the middle is like that one habit that if you just do that one habit and it can change from time to time, like you're just a better version of human and you're like more sane. It's like the keystone win, right? So for my friend Sophia, that is um that's yoga. So we always talk about always get the free space. Just if you can just get the free space, like you're going to be really in a better spot. Now, when you have a bad day, though, you need to get a bingo. So you might need to stack like five habits. Right. So, you know, for me um, and, I, and I made like a bingo list a little while back, but it was like, all right, if I'm having a really bad day, and it's funny because some of these are like not good habits, too. So like I'll be like, oh, I need to read. I need to take a really long bubble bath because I love bubble baths. Uh, <laughs> and I also 
want to eat ice cream. So on bad days, uh, my bingo card is, you know, these couple stacks of habits. And but I know what that stack of habits is in advance. And if I'm just having a bad day, I like cycle through a stack of those habits. So if you can decide what are my what's my bing what's my middle win? Like what's my bingo like square in the middle? Um, and just try to get that every day. You know, for me, I've been doing a lot of walking and listening to like really motivating and like business oriented videos. That's been like my bingo win for a while. And if I just get that in place, things flow better for me. But if I'm having a bad day, I might need to read and take a long shower and go to bed early. Like those are three things that I know right now would be on my bingo card. So knowing what those are in advance before you the plane starts to land without your direction and get crazy uh, is really, really helpful. So we just call it like if she's having a bad day, I'm like, Sophia, just go get a bingo. <laughs> I like that. Well, I won't get in the way of uh, making you have a bingo. It's a little later. So we will uh, we'll wrap things up. Any parting words or anything like that you want to give to people? I think we the main point is years are too long. 90 days is the sweet spot. You need to have breaks planned out for those 90-day periods, as well as for your weeks, as well as for your days. And there's a lot of fun ways to do that. And you just gave us a number of them. Yeah. And I think that it just changes over time. So don't feel guilty if, you know, meditation is working for you and then it changes or, you know, um, get it like, you know, right now I've been getting up at like eight o'clock in the morning, which feels like 2 p.m. for me. But like my circadian rhythms have changed. And so. Um, I would say like, you know, goals are great, but execution or execution is like really where magic happens. And so if you can experiment with tighter timelines, you can have a faster breakthrough in your business, in your personal life, in your relationships, in your health, in any area of your life. It just focuses, it makes you focus and get started right now. And that's really where like all progress happens is through action. Awesome. We'll end it there. Thank you so much, Kendra. That was fun having you on. Awesome. Thanks for riffing off the cuff with me. It's always fun to be back on on Zach Sexton's Productivity Show. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed this off-the-cuff episode of The Productivity Show. And one of the things that was brought up that I did not even notice is that we are already halfway through the year. The time completely flies. And I don't know about you, but I do know what my annual goals are. And there are some that I have not taken as much action on as I would like. So I'm going to try this 90-day, 12-week planning. And if you would like to join me and try as well, we will be giving out tips. If you sign up at theproductivityshow.com forward slash 97, we'll send those to you, some ideas and strategies on how you can plan your weeks and your your months and your 90-day, 12-week period to accomplish more of your goals. And as always in the show notes, we'll also have the links and resources mentioned in this show. So thanks again for tuning into the productivity show. I hope this has helped you plan, do, review. If not, maybe organize or prioritize, eliminate the unimportant, delegate and automate what you can, focus on your most important task, take care of yourself, find momentum, move towards your ideal, achieve anything, but not everything. Enjoy this life, do more, and be better. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you again next Productive Monday.